TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women, with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest is a primal health coach with a desire to bring healthy eating into more homes throughout Australia. She's a mum of two and knows what it's like to be in the trenches and time poor just like you, yet she's found ways to feed her family healthy, nutritious meals without too much stress. I know, some sort of wizardry going on here. She brings a lot of passion to the table since she's healed many of her own health issues through paleo and primal eating, and she's very keen to get her message out there in order to help other families to feel better too. Please welcome to Shiny Healthy You, the wonderful Helen Marshall. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you, Jules. What an intro. Fantastic. <laughs> the intro is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> no, <It's> no. <laughs> Always fun. It's like a little party at the start every time. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> now, now, Helen, um, I think this is really interesting because like myself, you were an avid follower of the low-fat lifestyle for many years. So when I found out about you and I found out about your background, I was like, oh, my God, she's mm-hmm. speaking to me. It's just like what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like me, you suffered some pretty gnarly health consequences from doing that whole low-fat thing. Can you tell me what happened? Sure. Well, I remember being um, 14 and seeing the first um, low-fat message from the government and it was a frying pan with some, you know, cold, solidified bacon fat in, I guess, and someone had written Mm, the words... Bacon fat. Yummy. I know, right? (laughs) All those years without bacon fat. Oh, goodness me. Make it up for it now, that's for sure. But, yeah, so there's this pan and somebody had written with their finger fat, you know, I remember that image. It was so horrendous. And that's oh when God, all the, I remember that. Yeah. And I remember that's when all these adverts came on the telly. You know, if you can pinch more than an inch and, you know, you need to eat low fat, you know, high carbohydrate. That was, that was the message that was out there. And so I ran with it. I was like, okay, this is what I want to be healthy and this is what I need to do. So from the age of 14, I didn't touch any fat. Um, I wouldn't even eat an avocado because that had too much fat in it. And I oh, also, yeah, avocado is very, very unhealthy. Like I very know. Bad. Yeah, bad, bad. <laughs> it's terrible. So, you know, I was turning down, I was turning down, you know, delicious, nutritious avocado, but I was having, um, you know, all brand, 40 grams of all brand because, you know, I was calorie, <laughs> counting the calories as well, Jules. With some skim delicious all brand. Yeah, well, I was constipated, you know, so this was going to help, right? <laughs> not, not. Oh, so I was having that with my, um, you know, low fat milk on and sugar. And um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of what I did. And I did that for 25 years, as well as um, going to the gym three to five times a week. Absolutely, you know, really flogging myself when I look back you know, in those workouts and going to the gym, even on days when you were feeling exhausted or not in the mood or sore, it was like, well, today's set class day. And, uh, you know, if you don't go, you'll get fat. Uh, so <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so that's what, um, that's what I, I was like. And that sort of, you know, when I look back now, like I was, I sort of survived, I guess, but I wasn't particularly happy. I definitely had, um, spells of being a bit depressed and it was always kind of like a struggle to you know weight loss and weight maintenance was always at the forefront of you know my health journey health inverted commas and um yeah didn't I didn't sleep well you know I was always constipated and then I had a couple of kids (laughs) just (laughs) just to kind of really test the system and yeah so I had um my first child when I was 31 and my second child when I was 34 and you know fusely plus nights breastfeeding you know we don't have any family here in Australia my um, husband's parents are in NZ mine are in the UK so we're very much on our own which is 
fine and our families love us very much from a distance but um you know in terms of day-to-day support it was just me and the two kids and <sighs> yeah by the time I got to 38 I had a major health crisis um yeah and I was just in a real hole my main um overriding symptom was chronic nausea so it was kind of like um morning sickness with a with a side of um, a hangover feeling all day which wasn't good um i had constant headaches i had to like i'd wake up in the night with with a headache and have to jump out of bed and take some neurofen <laughs> you yep, could, as you, you do as you do and obviously that was feeding into the the, the chronic health crisis but you you know you, you do what you can with what you know at the time and then when you know better you do better right and at that time that's that's all I knew um that could work I was completely constipated I know there's no such thing as too much information between us women but you know <laughs> let's just say I poo as much in a day now that I used to in a week before so um that was pretty bad. It's fine to talk about poo on this show, by the way, hon. We, we had the lovely uh, Linda Gripperich on here not so long ago, and she's actually a naturopath known as the poo whisperer. So oh, don't yes, worry. I've like, heard of her. If, if yes. you're thinking of going there, we've, we've gone there before. <laughs> I love to talk about poo. I know, and I know you do too. So I thought I'll I know. happily share the little poo uh, story there. Um, yeah, so the other things, I don't know if any of your listeners can relate to any of these feelings, but I had um, zero libido, um, aches and pains all over my body. I was bloated. I had hair fever. I was always getting the cold. I needed a coffee to get me going. And by the time I got to four o'clock, I was craving wine. I just felt really disconnected and negative and judgmental. And even though I kind of knew that, you know, I could perhaps heal my life with affirmations, I just couldn't slap an affirmation on it. Um, I just really felt like I was running on vapors, really shouty, and everything was really overwhelming. Even just getting the laundry done was like, oh, I can't cope with this. And um, the the other thing that was pretty horrible um, was I developed strange phobias about flying. Well, I've travelled the world before, <laughs> so I'm not I'm quite adventurous. Um, but suddenly, I, the thought of getting on a plane was terrifying. And I also developed... Yeah, that's so weird that that turned up. Like, that's just everything else. You go, yep, yep, yep. And then the phobias, you're like, what? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you think, that's not me. Like, what's going on here? You know, and, and when I look back now, I, I put that down to the fact of having, you know, serious imbalance in my gut, which was affecting, you know, my mood and my judgment and everything, you know. Um, but when you're in it, you just think that you're going crazy and that there's no one else feels like you do and yeah that you must be dying of some awful disease yep either that or you're just like a class a hypochondriac and you start to go am i actually going crazy like maybe yeah. maybe it is all in my head like because mm. you'll you'll end up coming across a few people during that process where they'll put that thought into your mind that like maybe it's in your head totally and it's very confusing. Yeah, it's, it really is. And, you know, I did come across people who put that thought in my head. I had millions of tests at the doctors, including a full-body ultrasound of my entire gastrointestinal system. Wow. And the feedback was, you know, and stool samples and blood here, there and everywhere. And the, the verdict was, look, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, you might be a little bit depressed, so go and see a psychiatrist. Um, and you've got definitely got irritable bowel syndrome, but there's no drug for that. So mm-hmm. see you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what yeah. did you do next? Well, um, it was actually at um, Easter weekend because I always find, you know, the craziest times to go for a challenge and, you know, just approaching, you know, Cadbury's fest of, you know, um, hot cross buns and chocolate and lots of wine and stuff. I decided I, I really had like, it was my darkest moment. And I was on the couch talking to my husband and I was saying like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, and he was like, you know, he's a Kiwi and he was like, Oh girl, I just want you better. Eh? You don't like seeing you like this. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a really, that's a really accurate impression by the way, Jules. Just so you know. I love that. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and he said to me, look, why don't you go and see a naturopath or something, you know, and find out what it is. And I said, and I don't know where this came from, but it was a little voice inside of me said, look, I don't know why I'm going to go and see a naturopath because she's just going to tell me to go gluten free. And I kind of went, oh, really? Where's mm. that come from? So I went gluten free and committed to it on Facebook like you do. And yep. um, one of my friends suggested paleo because I was looking for gluten-free options, right? You know, and I was very surprised to see that there was gluten in my low-fat ice cream. Like, what was gluten doing in there? There's gluten everywhere, you know? So make up for the bloody lack of fat. I know, <laughs> I know. But you goodness me, the amount, you know, I was just thinking, oh, i just got to give up bread. But no, there's gluten everywhere. So you, you really need to... Um, you know, be mindful and look at your labels because yeah, you'd be surprised where you find gluten if you are intolerant to it. Um, so my a friend suggested paleo. Never heard of that before. <laughs> this is only like three, four years ago. Oh, what's paleo? <laughs> and then so I, I googled it and I was like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. I was like, check this out. No grains, no sugar, no legumes, no alcohol, no dairy, no refined sugar. Like what's left? You know. Um, so <laughs> What am I going to eat? Steak um, and lettuce. <laughs> exactly. Plants and animals. And uh, there's a whole a range of, of amazing foods, obviously, you can eat from that. So, um, so yeah, so I, I went paleo and it was literally just because it sounded crazy to me. And I was like, I'm quite, you know, conservative in my, well, I was conservative in my approach to food. I thought people who were gluten-free were a bit fussy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, just get yeah. on with it. Yeah. Um, and there I Fussy was. Or, or maybe just a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be one of those people, you know, which obviously. No, no one ever does. And I, I never wanted to be that guy who pulls the waiter a spoon and goes, oh, excuse me, just come over here for a minute. Um, that thing that I want to order, does that have any gluten in it? Mm. And and then, okay. And, and does that have sugar in the sauce? I just didn't want to be that guy. And now we're totally but then I have to be. Person. I know, I know. And actually, yeah, know. To, to my surprise and relief, whenever you do do that, I'll say, hey, can I get this, uh, you know, steak, but without the risotto, can I just get like extra veggies instead? They're always really willing to give you that and don't make you feel like a weirdo. And yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. Just you've got to ask for what you want. Hmm. And you know what? The more of us that do that, and ask for those things, the more things will pop up on the menus at places to suit our needs because the only way that restaurants and, and, and um, menus change is demand. Absolutely. That's it. it's, it's just supply and demand. And, and isn't it already changing? I mean, just in the time, you know, the brief, um, you know, a few years that we've been uh, paleo, I've really noticed a change. In, at first it was a real struggle to go out and just find something that you could have, but Nearly everywhere you go now, there's something on the menu that you can that you can get, which is which is fantastic. Um, so yes, so anyway, back to my little story. Um, I did go and see a naturopath. I saw um, Ray Powers, who is an amazing naturopath here in Denmark, and she diagnosed me um, with a live blood analysis and also just the way I was describing how I was feeling. She diagnosed me as having um, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and a leaky gut. So, and I'd read about this leaky gut and I thought, oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. I won't have it one of those. It sounds very faulty, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It sounds really gross, you know, just that idea of, you know, things that you should be pooing out, leaking into your body. And anyway, um, so, but it was actually really reassuring to hear that I wasn't going crazy, you know, and that there was actually something physically wrong with me, even if, you know, it wasn't something a doctor could diagnose. Um, and, yeah, so she put me on some really cool um, gut-soothing um, uh, supplements and I had, like, intense adrenal fatigue. So she gave me some amazing herbs to help with that. And magnesium, like, I'd never taken magnesium as a supplement before in my life, but that was the one thing that really got my bowels moving again <laughs> after yeah. 25 years of not really going to the toilet very well um and then I really I sort of stuck, stuck to the mag for a good couple of years um sort of feeling like oh, a, a bit dependent on them like oh, god I don't want to stop taking these in case I can't go to the toilet anymore but now my body's kind of they were a great kind of like transition to get my body back 
fully functioning again. And now I don't need to take magnesium. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just amazing how your body can, you know, heal itself and get it, itself into a more functional way just with good food, you know. And that was the, that was the main thing that I did. So I, I stuck, you know, went on to the paleo for a month had a hideous three-day detox thinking, holy crap, this is worse than I was feeling before. And then once I'd popped out the other side and I had plantar fasciitis, which is, if your listeners don't know, it's really, really painful feet, like, like heel spurs. And I'd, I'd gone paleo to get rid of the nausea, right? And one day I jumped out of bed and I used to have to wear Birkenstocks as soon as I got out of bed just to support my feet because it was pure agony just walking around popped out of bed one day and I was like, hang on a minute, my feet aren't sore anymore. And I could go walking on the beach barefoot for the first time in however long. And when I started to notice all these little changes, which when I know now is just a sign that the chronic inflammation that I had was subsiding and, and I was getting a lot more healthy, then all of these other little health issues that you know I just sort of wrote off as normal, you know, I'm a 40-year-old mum. <laughs> Of course, I'm going to be tired and sore and aching and, you know, not feeling like having hot sex with my gorgeous husband. Of course, this is normal, you know, <laughs> but it turns out it wasn't. And um, yeah, so, so that's my little story, Jules. <laughs> it's the thing that I often say to people when they go, oh, yeah, that's normal. It's like, no, it's common. Mm-hmm. It's common, but it's not normal. It's like, you know, snotty-nosed kids or, you know, hay fever or irritable bowel and people are like, oh, yeah, but, you know, everyone's got that. No, no, just just because something's common doesn't make it right. It means you all need to sort yourselves out. Absolutely. Honestly. I did actually hear you say that Um, on one of your podcasts recently and I I really like that. You know, it's um, just because it's common doesn't make it normal. No, I just, I, it really troubles me that people write things off as being normal just because everyone's got it. And it's mm. like, no, 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 mm. no, you don't. You're not getting away with that. No. Exactly. And, no. And, you, and you know, like it's so easy to transform that just by changing the food that you eat. I mean, you know, you don't have to go on a silence retreat or spend a fortune on this, that and the other. You just change what you eat and then... You know, you completely transform. It starts with food and, and you transform what you're eating, but then it transforms the whole of your life. Yeah. So what other changes did you notice? So the inflammation went down, some of the aches and pains went away, suddenly you're not constipated. I'm assuming the nausea was gone. Yeah, the what nausea other things went, got better? Yeah, Jules, the nausea went um, for good after about six weeks. So it, it, it definitely eased off, but then it there's little periods where I was a little bit tired or something, or if I was nervous about going somewhere like the supermarket, (laughs) it would, or just going to town, you know, I would get this real overwhelming anxiety and nausea, which is just insane now looking back. But at the time that's how it was. And and so that, that went after about six weeks and I was like, that's it. I've, I've turned the corner. I know that that's gone. The other thing that was unreal was sleep. Like, there's the saying, you know, sleeping like a baby, which I know a lot of us mums out there will go, well, that's a crock of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I say, babies do sleep, hello. I know. And so my saying is sleeping like a husband because, <laughs> 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 because they can just drop off like that, right? And they're asleep and they can sleep through babies crying and, and you know, mice in the ceiling or whatever. Like they sleep through it. So all of a sudden, like, I remember, like, even in my 20s, sort of getting into bed and going, come on, come on, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep now, go to sleep, go to sleep, you know, as if it was, like, another thing on the to-do list. And all of a sudden... trying to talk yourself into it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, I'd find that it would come, you know, sunset, and I'd really start to feel myself winding down, relaxing, and then I make a point of going to bed at half past nine because, you know, that suits me. I'll go to bed at half past nine and I'll sleep till six o'clock the next morning and just have this deep rejuvenating sleep so that when you wake up in the morning, you're like, ah, oh, I feel refreshed, feel amazing. Oh my God, what's on today? I can't wait. Which like, it sounds idyllic, but it's true. And I've never experienced it before. So that the sleep oh, yeah. 
profound. Can, can I just say, quick community service announcement. If you wake up feeling unrefreshed, that's in the not normal category. Mm-hmm. That's in the common, but that doesn't make it right. Mm, yeah, that's so true, Jules. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, and sleep, you know, I, I think sleep is king of everything. Like you can eat amazing food and you can have a bad night's sleep and the next day, you know, your blood sugar is really low and, you know, you're craving sugar and, and that's kind of like staying that you sort of on the back foot for the day. But once you've got sleep sorted and, and, and regularly, that, that really can just change, can change everything. Um, another change that I noticed was that I really, like before I felt really like disconnected and um, just not really sure of what my purpose was, you know, like, oh, what are we here for? I don't know. It's a bit effing hard really, isn't it? You know, that was kind of like how I, <laughs> my mood was. And then all of a sudden I just, re- and this might sound a little bit woo-woo, but I think most of your audience will relate, I'm hoping. But I just really felt a lot more connected to everything, you know, to the planet, my community, my family, the universe. And just really started to feel a lot more inspired and guided. It was almost like, I don't know, like the distortion of all of those chronic niggling health issues are just like, were kind of like muddying my mind in terms of, you know, what I was meant to be here for, what my path was. And just that whole feeling that you're living on purpose. Like I've really lacked that before in my life. But now that my health was better, I just really felt like I could tune into my inner guide and trust my intuition a lot more which I think a lot of us have strayed away from um you know and just that sort of imbalance of the masculine in today's society that's been there for many many years and I think now we're getting a little bit back more to the balance of a little bit more of the divine feminine I think that that's really what was amazing as I peel back the layers to to actually find oh I do have an inner guide and oh I am psychic and oh I really can tell you know yeah yeah so that was pretty special too yeah it's like you 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 started this to get rid of nausea and then look at all these fringe benefits that keep popping up Mm -hmm. that's it it's just um yeah amazing yeah and continues to do so you know it's not like you know you you get better on that's it you you just kind of keep going to the next level you know what i mean health-wise i feel like it's improving you know month by month and year by year yeah can i ask coming that from that background of smashing yourself at the gym worried about getting fat eating the low fat foods as you know hopefully to keep weight down all of that sort of stuff that we go through as young women what was it like giving up fat um giving up the fat free diet and then eating paleo because like paleo is a lot higher in fat they're good fats mm. but i know it still messes with a lot of people's heads because it's been drummed into them for decades that fat's going to make you fat so what was it like for you in in your head when you had to sit down and eat these fats again well to be honest jills it was really difficult and i know that i see it a lot with my clients too that ditching the carbs is okay but adding in the fat that's a different matter because there is a part of you deep down that still thinks fat equals fat when of course now we know it's sugar equals fat and um you know the whole goal of going fairly old primal is to move away from being sugar burner on that roller coaster of feeling hangry every two hours to being a fat burner where you can go for hours um just on this even debt energy and honoring hunger you know and it's just such a much more empowered space to live in um so it did take me a while and to be honest we we kind of made baby steps towards the paleo lifestyle so like gluten went out straight away but dairy took longer to sort of be eked out and then to get a bit more daring to eat the chicken skin and you know cook with the coconut oil and but once you i I remember there was actually one really big turning point because we'd always sort of bought supermarket meat and you know that's fine I think you know as long as you're sticking to plants and animals you're you're doing better than half the population but if you can get spray-free vegetables or organic vegetables and grass-fed meat then it's just a whole different realm of 
not just health, but also taste. And we'd got some um, pork from our local grass-fed, biodynamic, amazing um, farmer. And I was making this dish that we'd made before, and it usually it used to have cream in and brandy and plums. And like, just the thought of it now makes me feel like vomiting. But Oh, my God. <laughs> that's what we did to, to give this pork some taste, right? Because, you know, generally pork's quite sort of dry and, and not overly appetizing. But anyway, I said to Mike that night, I said, I just can't be bothered with this sauce. Do you mind if I just do, if I just grill these chops? And I know it's going to be a bit plain and boring, but do you mind if I just do that? So I just put a bit of oil on them and a bit of, you know, Himalayan sea salt. And we sat down to eat it and we both just looked at each other. We're like, oh my God, this tastes amazing. You know, it's just, that's like really what has come um, really apparent to me is that if you just keep it simple, so if you just get some yummy free range chicken drumsticks in a bit of coconut oil, a bit of salt, chuck it in the oven. Everyone's going to love that. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't need to be yeah. a big fancy um, celebrity chef recipe. It's just, you know, something yummy and simple with loads of salt, loads of fat, and just a bit of veggies on the side. And it's just so much more scrumptious and way easier to prepare as well. Yeah, I've got a friend who's a local farmer up here. He's an organic farmer and he reckons that when the produce is fresh and organic and really vibrant, you can just be really simple in how mm. you dress it up. Like he said, you just let the produce speak for itself. You don't do too much to it. So if you just get the best produce you possibly can, you don't even have to be that good a cook because you don't have to mm. make it taste better. It's already going to taste good. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, you know, if you like for years I've eaten salads, right, with no fat dressing. Oh my god, no. I know. <laughs> and I know As my friend would say, snore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was like it was seriously like rabbit food, but you chugged it down because you thought, well, it's healthy, tick, and you know, it's low in calories, tick. But the reality is I wasn't absorbing any of the goodness from that salad because I hadn't eaten any fat with it. Whereas when you get a beautiful, you know, some salad, we just always have some lettuce grown in the garden because that's easy to grow. And we've always got some nice um, local olive oil from a woman down the road and just a bit of that and a bit of balsamic vinegar. I know it's sweeter than the other vinegars, but what the hell, it's just a splash. And that just, you know, maybe you chuck a few nuts on that and that is just so flipping scrumptious. And the same with any veggies. Like if you're doing broccoli and you can't get the kids to eat broccoli, Try melting a tablespoon of organic butter on top and, you know, a grind of salt and see how much more tasty it is then. Yeah, nice. So you mentioned butter. So can mm. I be nosy and ask what you eat and what you don't eat? Because I know there's that sort of grey area between paleo and primal where some people will eat some dairy products and some things and other people won't touch anything. So do you eat butter, ghee? What else do you eat, not eat? That's a great question, and I'm glad that you've asked because I love having a bit of a perv into what other people eat as well. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, let me look at what you're eating. Um, so the difference, just for any listeners that don't know, the difference between paleo and primal is that primal embraces um, high-fat um, dairy as well, whereas um, paleo is, is, is no dairy. So I'm a, bit, I'm a primal uh, you know, fan. Uh, Mark Sisson was very... Um, instrumental in my discovering this whole journey and really helping you know transition to not just a primal way of eating but also a primal lifestyle so the primal lifestyle is very much against the chronic cardio that I used to do three to five hours in the gym my workouts now are seven minutes long <laughs> um, on the days that I feel like it and the other parts of my workout include barefoot walking on the beach the occasional sprint and you know a lot more emphasis on getting adequate sleep, getting adequate sunlight, meditating, connecting with my family, connecting with nature, the community. So, so in terms of primal, that to me is a it's a more sort of it's more of a lifestyle encompassing, not just down to um, down to what you eat, but in terms of what I personally eat. Um, as I say, I've sort of cut back on the dairy a lot more over the last year or so, and it's just really from becoming more of an intuitive eater and what I mean by that is it sounds very nice and airy fairy but it's really just really tuning in to say like what do I feel like eating today and how did I feel after I ate that and I've just found that you know cheese milk 
cream, all these sorts of things. They're just a little bit too rich for me. I, I don't really enjoy them. I'll have them now and again, like if we're having friends around for dinner and there's a you know, a platter and there's some beautiful organic brie or whatever on there. I think, oh, what the hell? But I'll feel it later, you know. And what I'm finding now is that I just really am becoming more suited to really low carb, so more just of a plants and plants and animals kind of kind of girl. And heaps of yeah, saturated obviously animal fat, coconut oil, ghee. Yeah, we have ghee and. Olive oil, avocados are featuring every day in my life now. You'll be glad to hear, Jules. Yeah, bring back the avo. <laughs> and I know that we meant to eat seasonally, but what the hell, even if avocados are $5 each, I still want to get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to make up for all those years, you know, the 80s, the 90s, you know, those oh, non-avo years. I reckon, hey, <laughs> absolutely. And my poor little adrenals, you know, they were just... Like little sultanas by the time yeah. I've come to the end of this. Sorry, that's also something I heard you say. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I was laughing. Yeah. I really like that. That's a really cool. That's exactly how they felt. And now uh, I try and tune in and, and have a little chat with my adrenals and say, hey, you know, how are we going? Because I'm a bit of a type A personality. I'm a bit go, go, go. Take action like a ninja. I've just got so much more energy than I used to have. And I just keep, I'm a bit worried that, you know, oh, am I going to burn out again? So I check in with my adrenals, say, how are we going? And they were like, go for it, girl. You know, like I really feel that I'm nourishing my body with the right foods to be able to live this amazing life, which feels great. Yeah, I love that. Tell me about your kids because how old were they when you slicked over to paleo and, and how did you get them on board? Great question. Well... I can't re- exactly remember how old they would have been. Sam would have been around five. Millie would have been around three. Yeah, three or four. And it's really, it's really sad actually because when I look back at Millie as a baby, she was really um, a distressed baby. She was always effing crying. <laughs> and, you know, I never associated it with food. And when I look back at the little videos we've got, or the little photos of her and you know she's crying and she just looks in just agony um she'd always be writhing around you know just couldn't seem to get comfortable and her cheeks were bright red and I look back now and I could just look at that kid if I saw her for the first time now and go she's got a gluten intolerance but you know I didn't know I didn't know back then what I know now obviously so when um we first transitioned to paleo, I didn't worry about getting the rest of the family on board. I just needed to focus on me because at that time it was too hard to, you know, say, right, we're going paleo and this is what's happening and deal with all of the, and you am not eating that, you know? So what I focus on, and this is the advice I give to my clients as well, is focus on you because generally, and this is quite stereotypical, but generally it's the mother who purchases the food. It's the mother who decides what we're going to eat and cooks it and feeds the rest of the family, does lunch boxes, that kind of thing. So any positive health changes the mother makes will organically trickle down and affect the rest of the family. And what we want to be looking at is, you know, we don't want to change everybody in a fortnight. You know, this is our changes have happened and are continually changing and evolving over three or four years, you know. So... So one of the first things that I said, you know, I said, look, I'm getting rid of these flowers. I'm not going to be baking with these flowers anymore. And Mike, my husband said, oh, you've got to have cookies, girl. So <laughs> there he is again. So I had to, <laughs> to come up with it. I love him already, by the way. <laughs> he, he's a good man. He's a good man, honestly. Um, but yes, I came up with this um, gluten and grain-free cookie recipe that was the bomb and he loved it. And you know, I switched out that for the muesli bars and the home-baked, you know, sugary cakes that my kids were getting in their lunchbox. And then just really gradually over time, you know, my daughter is really a good eater, so she'll wolf down kale chips. I remember once we painted the walls green in our house and the um, paintbrush was in some water, just like pretending to get washed later, you know, like you do. I'll just put that there, I'll wash that later. And she looked at me and she said, can I try that green smoothie? Like she's, she's so adventurous. Like she'll, she'll give anything a go, you know. So she's, she's really into the paleo bread and that kind of thing. And 
she'll just devour anything that you give her. But my boy, I call him Fussy Kid, which is a bit mean because he's not that fussy. But of everyone in the family, like Michael, Lee, whatever, I put down in front of him and he'll always love it. And, um, and yeah, Sam's a little bit more um, fussy. But so, for example, if we have coleslaw, he doesn't like that all mixed together. So he'll just have his deconstructed. So just a bit of apple, a bit of carrot. He's not into cabbage. It's not the end of the world if he doesn't have some cabbage. And, um, yeah, I just, like I said, I keep it pretty simple, plants and animals. I bring um, supplementary carbs to the table. My husband's a chippy. He's, he's an ex-rugby player, so he's pretty big. And, um, and obviously the kids are growing and burning loads of energy. So I'll generally have, you know, chips, which are, you know, get, well, local spray-free potatoes just cut into wedges, toss through some coconut oil and salt, like all of my food, and put in the oven. Yeah. When in doubt, coconut oil and salt. <laughs> coconut oil and salt. Oh, it tastes delicious. Oh, you're welcome. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'll, <laughs> I'll bring that to the table yeah, two or three nights a week just to top, top them up. So, you know, if, if there's some meat on the plate there that Millie's not into, that's okay. There's other stuff that she can fill up on. And the food that we have available in the house to eat is, is nutritious. And every single meal that we have, it's whereas in the past it was, you know, like wheat bix for breakfast, lunch was a sandwich, and then everything nutritious was in dinner. And if you didn't eat dinner, oh no, you know, it's the end of the world. You haven't had any nutrition today. Whereas each meal now is like a dinner. So at breakfast, we've got green vegetables and good fats and protein, and it's the same for lunch and it's the same for dinner. So if one kid's too tired, which they can be at the end of the day and they can't be bothered to eat dinner, it's not a big deal and we really honour their um, their preferences as well. So, you know, we don't push the same food on everyone. Everyone's got their own shared primal. Like there's four different shades of primal around our table and we honour that. And if somebody's not hungry, then that's it. They don't have to eat, which I think is really important because I was taught to clean my plate and I know that comes from... Uh, oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. And I can see... I can see why, you know, um, coming over from the lack, from the lack of food that was around after the world wars and the depression and just that put past generation, you know, scarcity and that fear around, you know, of food and money, whereas we're just abundant with food and money compared to our, you know, grandmas and great grandmas. There isn't that need to get everything um, shoved down and, you know, you don't need to treat your body like a dustbin, you know, and put stress on your digestive system if you're not hungry. So we would just put the rest of that food in the fridge and out it comes for mum's lunch the next day or dad's lunch the next day. <laughs> and if and we've also got chickens, so whatever else doesn't get eaten, it goes down to the chucks in a scrap bucket and comes back as eggs, which is fantastic. Yeah, nice, nice. Except the avocados. Apparently you can't feed avocados to chooks. Rubbish. Why not? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was bad for them. Someone told me it was bad for them. I'd we'll oh. have to look into that. Yeah, well, let's look that up because my chicks love avocado. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're still alive. It's all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, how strict are you with the kids in terms of their social life? Like um, I assume you let them out occasionally. Uh, what do you do when they go out with their mates? <laughs> I, let them, I let them rip. To be honest, I've seen a local um, naturopath who is really strict about, um, and this could be anyone, not just, you know, like it could be anyone who's on a really committed journey of wellness. And I saw her chase after her kid and put a finger in a kid's mouth and scrape out a rice cracker that this kid had taken from another kid because she didn't want that food in her body. And I just thought, whoa, that, that could be, you know, and I know she's doing the best that she can and I'm not saying anything against that but I just really feel I think if someone had done that to me as a kid I'd be a little bit paranoid and mm, around food and I really really don't want to create that you know feeling of good food bad food or you know what I mean and so the kids know what we eat here and um, we have lollies they have lollies every single day so we just get the um the best kind of lollies that we can get and they have two lollies there because I just really think that um you know to have a little bit of what you fancy is fine and if I reckon if you don't get it at all then there's more chance that when you do go out you're going to go nuts on it like I remember seeing 
a friend of mine who she wasn't allowed sugar at all or TV. And then so when she went out, she'd just like get the little sachets of sugar in the cafe and just eat them like that. Well, I just, <laughs> that's, oh God. yeah, that's like, you know, and kind of binge on it. And I just thought, oh, that's not really, you know, really healthy approach, you know, relationship with that either. So, so when they go out and then go to the parties, they can have what they like. They can go nuts. Um, enjoy it, you know, go for it. But what I really am admiring in them, both of them at age nine and seven, they'll come back and say, oh, you know, like, oh, my tummy's not feeling so good after that party food that I ate or that party pie or whatever. And I just want them, that's all, if I can just teach them to be aware of how food makes them feel, then I think I've done a pretty good job. That's so valuable. I think that's the most valuable thing you can do with kids is to get that intuition working for them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love and, it. and I reckon that if I said you can't have this, then I know. They'd have more. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to have it. And I'm, I'm going to share this story with you too. There was um, last year this um, girl in town, she's amazing, and she makes this amazing raw paleo chocolate. And she was doing Easter eggs. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I spent, you know, $28 on three eggs or whatever to get these amazing <laughs> Easter eggs. Of course. <laughs> I, we must have them. And then, and the kids, you know, so excited for the Easter hunt the next day. And um, when Sam got his little bitter, paleo little egg and he bit into it and it wasn't a Cadbury's, you know, he, he cried. And Mike said, to, Mike said to me, he goes, imagine, imagine, girl, if you've been waiting all year a nice cold glass of champagne and you got warm tap water <laughs> <laughs> so I was like okay all right no more paleo eggs okay we're just gonna get you know like one packet of eggs whatever a year you know I really think it's what you do for 90% of the time that counts and yes you can indulge and have little sensible indulgences and bloody enjoy it and so long as it doesn't throw you off the wagon into a five-day sugar binge and throw the baby out with the bathwater then I think it's okay. Yeah, you know, I, I'm pretty sure anyone who's followed me for a long time knows that every few months I'll have a croissant because I just love them. Mm. And there's a, some really good bakeries near here that make them. But I'll only have like one every couple of months, you know, every two or three months. And it got to a point where I was on Google, Googling how to make gluten-free croissants. And then I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Just go and eat a one. <laughs> Just go and eat a real one. What the? And goddamn, dunk it in your coffee too, you know? So then then I just realized that if I just have that one nice thing every few months rather than trying to make the gluten-free version, Mm -hmm. it would have sucked. I know. I know. And and you might have had to have three of those crappy gluten-free ones because you'd made a whole batch, you know? You couldn't just go and enjoy the one croissant in a beautiful shop. So I love that approach. And I'm a little bit the same with um, coffee and chocolate and alcohol because those are three things that are very gray areas when it comes to paleo and primal, you know, it's like, oh, and for a while there, I thought it was being a bit of a fake because, you know, oh, I enjoyed a glass of organic preservative-free red wine. Oh, I actually enjoyed three glasses of organic preservative-free red wine, you know, (laughs) and I felt really like maybe I should keep this a secret. And I actually thought, you know, what the hell, look, I feel fantastic. I really enjoy wine and I really enjoy coffee and I really enjoy chocolate. And I'm talking about like one cup of organic coffee a day with cashew milk activated, of course, and 95% cocoa dark chocolate, two squares a day. And, you know, we won't say how many glasses of wine, but I enjoy glasses of wine and I feel great. It varies. Yeah, it varies. And, you know, I really, I'm really proud now to be able to embrace that because I think that that makes being primal more sustainable for me because I can totally stick to this because I'm feeling good. I'm still having the things in my life that I find pleasurable like you are with your croissants. And isn't that just so much more doable? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you've got your health to a place where you can then go back and do a couple of those things. If you're in the middle of getting well from that nauseous, taking the neurofen, constipated, aches and pains, plantar fasciitis, depressed, phobias, all that stuff, you probably need to be a little bit more strict for a while. 
And then once you've healed, once your gut's healed, once everything's good, then you can go back and have the glass of wine. You can go back and have the Easter egg and you can do those things again. So it, it also, I, I, I believe you have to match the pace of the illness in terms of how strict your diet needs to be. What do you think? I think that's great, matching the, the pace of your illness. That, that's really good. Um, like, and there was a time like when I first did the, I did a bit of a whole 30, where it turned out to be more of a whole 60 with a nice um, liver detox thrown in there. So that was a really um, strict time in terms of there was no chocolate and there was no coffee and there was no alcohol. Six weeks. And um, oh yeah, it was a long time, but I needed it. And I definitely popped out the other side feeling a lot better. Um, so yeah, and, and it's, the, it's the same now. I think, well, I enjoy wine now, but if I ever got to a point where I was enjoying a glass of wine and was feeling utterly crap the next day, well, then I'd have to investigate that and think, Right, do I need to take that out of my diet? But for me, it's more about, you know, gluten is my kryptonite. That's my non-negotiable. Like I just will not eat gluten because that is the one thing that sends me straight back into Noldia land and I don't want to go there. Um, and the other thing is if, if my diet's too high in carbs or sugar, that makes me feel pretty uh, brain foggy as well. Whereas everything else, if I keep that nice and clean, I can enjoy my coffee and I can enjoy my um my wine as well which is great love it so wise I love it oh Helen this has been so much fun and the time has actually flown oh my god like I could seriously (laughs) talk to you for like easily another 20 minutes but um we'll wrap it up for the day but before we do I just I want you to know uh I want you I want you to let people know where they can find you because I know you've got website oh my god we haven't even touched upon your out there business ideas um yeah go for it what do you want people to know about what you're up to okay well um i will tell you a little bit about my um business primal alternative um so you can have a look at that at www.primalalternative.com and what i've done is come up with a range of gluten and grain free primal alternatives to the foods we love and my um uh, I guess my passion behind this is to really make going primal more doable and sustainable. So in my range, I've got um, a paleo fruit toast, um, a summer or winter, it's based on the season, paleo bread. I've got paleo pizza bases, grain-free cookies, which I mentioned earlier that Mike inspired. And I also have um, good nourishing jellies, which is a, a gelatin rich they're made with lemon juice which is an amazing digestive and they are sweetened with a tiny bit of local honey which is a great prebiotic for the gut as well and i created those really just to get um some gelatin into my non-broth drinking children but turns out the adults (laughs) think they're pretty good too um so i I came up with this range of five products um and they're all low-risk products so i can make them from home um, which is really good for fitting around the kids. And I sold those at our local farmer's markets, into health shops, um, gourmet pizza shops, cafes, that kind of thing. I did that for a couple of years. And the feedback I got on the range was that it was really life-changing. Um, so people could have pizza night again, um, you know, and, and just grab something convenient on the go instead of having to, you know, start from scratch with a paleo meal um, at every opportunity. So once I'd um, done that, the universe whispered to me that I needed to franchise this amazing business model to empower other paleo nutter mums like me who love creating the best <laughs> flavor mix, who also want to earn an income from home to be able to buy this uh, you know, online training course and how to you know, basically walk into this business model that they can start producing um, primal alternatives for their community as well. So the website went live on Boxing Day. And we currently yay. have, yay, it was a big, exciting time, even though all of my mums were way too busy with Christmas to even be caring about my website. But I, <laughs> That's I called was, a soft launch, darling. That's a soft launch. <laughs> soft launch. <laughs> I wanted it out there. And, um, and so now we've got um, two primalistas down here in uh, WA and one primalista in Canberra. And my goal is to get 100 primalistas or something better by 2020 so um if that idea resonates with you then definitely um check out primalalternative.com there's a really great pictures on there of the products and what's in them and what the license involves and everything like that 
And I'm also um, a primal health coach. I've qualified with Mark Sisson. And so I do one-on-one coaching um, via Skype or Zoom anywhere in the world with my amazing clients who are all mums, uh, specialised in mums. Um, and I also run quarterly 21-day challenges. Uh, so they're amazing uh, little challenges that are held in Facebook groups. And <clears throat> entry to that is just $40. And for that, you get daily inspiration around food, movement, lifestyle and mindset and we share you share the journey with another the last the first challenge was 36 women then the last one was 46 women and it's just this amazing women can achieve so much more when we're together in a sisterhood and that's what this the, the um, challenges bring and people experience massive transformation in just 21 days so I've got another one of those starting on May the 1st um, so you can check out that on my Facebook page which is just um, yeah, just search for that primal alternative and primal alternative on Instagram as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I love, I really, really love, and I have to thank you for your community, uh, approach to your work and to the growth of your business. I just think it's so cool that, that you mentioned that sisterhood and you mentioned getting everything out there via a community of women. That's so cool. So thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm, I said, like I, I love it too. It's amazing. It feels so right. So my producers or primal alternative producers are called Primalistas, which is such a cool name. And and we also have a, a closed group on Facebook of Primalistas that uh, you know, so we can all network together. And so if one Primalista is having a holiday, she could get another local Primalista to cover her orders while she's away. So it's you know, you're not on your own. Um, which we can be quite separate as mums in our little houses in our little bubbles on our own and we, we don't need to be on our own. We can group together and, and be stronger that way. And so, yeah, it's so exciting. I love it. Yeah, awesome. Good luck with your business. We'll be checking in on you, I'm sure, in the months to come. Helen Marshall, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Jules. It's been wonderful. How fun was that interview with Helen Marshall? She's so awesome. I love her story. It's so inspiring and it just shows that you never know what health issues may come good just by changing the food that you eat. If you're new around here, hello, welcome, head over to my website, check out the free stuff on offer there. There's a little guide to healing your adrenals, plus there's an awesome, healthy, brand new dessert ebook. It's all free and it's all over at julesgalloway.com right now. See you again next week. In the meantime, stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.